Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back, everybody, to Pick and Roll, the daily NBA betting show right here on the board YouTube channel, the Hammers NBA content division. And we're back for the Thursday NBA slate, looking to rebound after yesterday's difficult night of betting here. And we have one free pick on the way on M- uh, sorry, on DraftKings for you guys to tail. Before we get into that, if you want to support the show, make sure you do hit that like button, help drive us up in that YouTube algorithm, and ensure that you are subscribed to the channel. Today's a big day on the channel because we have two pieces of content coming out the morning show on pick and roll and the afternoon show with myself and Kirk Evans. We're going to be talking about some of the biggest stories of the week, likely the Pascal Siakam trade being involved for that one as long as along with some free picks from Kirk Evans. But we'll also be talking about the Siakam trade on this show today to get Pips's opinion. Well, but before that, we're going to get into that free pick and hear Pips's handicap associated with it. Let's get into that pick now. So the pick that we have is in the Grizzlies and Timberwolves game. We're going to be backing the Minnesota Timberwolves here. And specifically, we're going to be backing Carl Anthony Towns. It's minus 110 at DraftKings to get Carl Anthony Towns under 23 and a half points and the Wolves spread, alternate spread at minus four and a half. So perhaps a little bit of blowout cover on this one against a struggling Grizzlies team dealing with injuries. Is that the handicap that we have here, Pips? Yeah, that's the most of it. Uh their team is terrible, and now they are going against the best defense in the league. So I don't think uh, Luke Kennard, Zaire Williams, Vince Williams, Jaren Jackson Jr., and Tillman should be able to stay in the game board for with, with their scoring for a long time. Also, Towns is going against Defensive Player of the Year, Jaren Jackson Jr. Also, he needs to guard him on the other side of the court, and he's known to be prone to some fouls and foul trouble. So if he's limited in this game, he should stay under. Also, Memphis is collapsing on drives. So the Towns won't have it easy to drive to the rim. And Jalen Jackson Jr. will be in front of him. And Tillman will be helping on any try for attempt to drive. Pick and roll defense is the only thing Memphis, def- I mean, the Memphis defense is also really good. I, I expect them to get blown out because they can't, can't score enough against the this Minnesota team. Uh, so, yeah, the part of the handicap is uh, Memphis open sucks without so many key players. If you take a look, uh, John Morant is out, Desmond Bain is out, and they struggled even when they were playing. And now without them, I don't see it for them, for this team to keep up scoring. So I think uh, Minnesota could run away even with some average average scoring night because their defense should be able to win them this game. And as I said, difficult matchup for for uh, Towns, uh, possible foul trouble against Jalen Jackson Jr. and collapsing defense plus blowout, all things to look for for an under bet. All right, so there we have it on the under and the alternate spread for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That is the one play, and perhaps it is sensible to take a bit of blowout cover here because, once again, as Patrick Boy alludes to in the chat, 
Uh, we have a really, we had a really, really, really good number yesterday uh, on the Minnesota, uh, sorry, the Milwaukee Bucks, Cleveland Cavaliers bet, but it comes up short on that, and it's an 0-2 day on Wednesday. There was a massive blowout as the Cavaliers destroyed the Bucks. Lillard checks out of the game on 17 points with like four and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. So, I mean, clearly with a full game, Mitchell, who did cover, and Daniel Lillard would go over. On the Trey Young side of things, uh, it was the opposite defense that was anticipated from Pips. Uh, you're <laughs> expecting they take away his, uh, sorry, they take away his passing game and they leave him to score, but it was the opposite. They took away his scoring game and allowed the passes, so it did not come off here. Uh, any any words on either of these plays here, Pips, to, to sum up the day here? Yeah. <clears throat> Orlando Magic, as I said, Jalen Sachs and Black at the point of attack defense, it didn't make any sense to do what they did. They lost the game probably because of it, because three of us passing go for a while of LA Oops, dunks, and it's a very efficient way of scoring throughout the entire game. Didn't make sense because uh, Trey Young is not scoring much usually, not that efficient, so you needed to worry about at least when he's against Giant Sox, like when he's going against great, great defensive players, you don't need to worry about him, about him being incredible efficiency. But when you let uh, uh, Kongu and Capella get uh, 10 dunks in the single game, I think that's a bit more worrying than Triang shooting 40% floaters for two. So yeah, it, it, it was unexpected way for the Orlando Magic to play defense. They were the third worst pick and roll ball handling defense for a reason. And I expected them to continue playing the same way they did earlier. They changed it. So, yeah, nothing to do there. It's not about some people are trashing Trey Young. Nothing he could he can do there. Like when you are getting triple team, blitzed, edged, trapped, you can score 25 more points in, in today's NBA. Like that's. That's very, very difficult. So it wasn't for him playing track. He played a great game last night. Second part, yeah, Lillard, uh, 7 from 20. If you take a look at Lillard, when he takes 20 or more field goal items, he's over this line in, I think, 35 of, of 35 games last two seasons. So he's 100% over this line when he takes 20 field goal items. Last night was the first one that he stayed under. Also, the first time this season he left the third quarter so early. He's usually on the rotation to play entire fourth quarter, uh, entire third, third quarter. He did it, I think, in every game so far this season. And now he's pulled out. It's 4:30 when we needed one more three from him. Yeah, but this is one of all-time uh, losses. Unbelievable. It, it's. And and the spread, even with the eyes out, the spread was minus one. It's, I mean, it's tough to find the words anymore. Like some of these losses here and just the accumulation of losses like this, where like the Cavs blow out the Bucks by this much. Uh, it's proving to be a, a January on the show for sure. And the things after, like this are the reason why. Yeah, after they blow, like, it was like, I don't know, like five days, like a week ago, when we lost the bets, when Bucks blown out Boston Celtics by by this much in the fourth. And also, Cows were without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, their second and third best player. So, 
Yep. It's uh, oof. tough to find the word, as I said, but Pip still trusts his process with all these picks. I still trust his process with all these picks, getting good numbers. And as we have half a season to go, we're going to extend the sample size here. The likely scenario is that this does turn around, considering the type of numbers and the type of bets that we have been getting on the show. So we'd love to do that with the pick that we have today. But before we recap, discussion piece here, because Massive trade went down in the NBA yesterday. Pascal Siakam traded to the Indiana Pacers in exchange for three not-so-great first-round picks, along with Bruce Brown, Jordan Nwara, and Kira Lewis also ending up on the Raptors. Pips, what were your initial thoughts on this trade here? Um, my initial was kind of expected way to go. Not great for the uh, for your Raptors, I would say. Decent, not great. Uh, for the basis, they didn't overpay. They got Siakam. He said he will likely extend. It's a win for them. I'm honestly looking forward to, to seeing Siakam playing with uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. I think it will be, I think Pacers get way, 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 way better now with Pascal Siakam. And I think people realize how good Pascal Siakam as a player is. I think that the spacing on the Pacers is, and just the playmaking Halbert is really going to help elevate Siakam's game. Like he's a player who's been an all-star twice. He's been all NBA twice. And I think that he's in a great spot to try and continue this. And this team is only going to grow here. And apparently he's completely bought into Indiana. And I saw a report that even if he got traded somewhere else, he might've ended up signing for Indiana in the off season regardless. So I like the fit there. Not a, like a home run sort of trade for the Indiana Pacers, I don't think, at least from the valuation perspective. But for the Raptors, in a vacuum, the current situation, how it got here, it's not a bad trade. It's not a very good one, though. As you said, the bigger inquisition has to go against the Raptors front office, who allowed Pascal Siakam's value, a player of this caliber's value, to slip all the way to this point. Like it's a 2024 and 2026 first from Indiana. Right now, the, that 2024 first will be probably around 20 in the draft and the 2026 first you'd have to expect the Pacers to get better the other pick is the worst of the Jazz the Rockets the Clippers and the Thunder so with the way the Clippers and Thunder are playing not a great pick so as it's good fine to get value out of a guy on an expiring contract but they could have done better if they had acted sooner yeah I mean uh I think the Spurs got three first round pick uh for the John Murray and Pascal Siakam is a very better play player. So that's one like comparable three first round picks plus pick swap for uh, John Murray, and then you get the same for Pascal Siakam. And I don't have any words to speak how many how much Pascal Siakam is better player. Than the the probably the most upsetting part about this trade from a Raptors fan perspective is the fact that there was no interesting players in the deal. Like Jairus Walker, Ben Mathur admitted, like the Raptors couldn't even get Jalen Smith in this. Bruce Brown, I really like Bruce Brown, but he's making $22.5 million. He's a $23 million team option that the Raptors won't be taking. So that's an expiring I mean, contract. He'll, he'll help, but like, there are so many players, even Andrew Nebhard and Nate yeah. Smith. Like anyone. <laughs> yeah, Nate Smith would have been a really nice player to get in the trade. So that's an upsetting part. Uh, I Kira Lewis and Jordan Noir, with all due respect, I don't expect them to have any impact on the Raptors at all. 
hopefully the Raptors can move Bruce Brown and flip him, maybe get some more out of this trade. But yeah, it's 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 kind of a, this trade is kind of it is what it is situation here. It's not that it's not that good, but at the end of the day, it's not that bad. But and you know, after that trade, you guys played the best game of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gary Trent eight and nine from three. Up thirty or up thirty five at half against the Heat, uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, just the modern NBA. January NBA. Sorry, oh January NBA. January NBA. It, it just, yeah. If if you have high three point shooting variance or, or like a positive three point shooting variance, and the other team has a negative three point shooting variance, things like that can happen. The Raptors go fourteen of twenty two from three in the first half against the Heat. They made the Raptors made four in the entire game on Monday against the Celtics. They made 14 yeah, in the first I, half. Miami were one of 16 in the first half. Yeah. I, I checked that and saw one from 16. And honestly, if you look at the rosters, safe to say that Miami Heat is a better shooting team. Yes. So it's just the modern NBA three pointers are a key piece of the game. And they're the most, like, as much as they're like some of the most efficient shots, they're also the most high variance shots. So when you have, all the positive variants on one side, all the negative on one side, you have a game like that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no reason for it sometimes. It just happens. So, but hey, Raptors fans can enjoy that. And at least the Raptors fans can embrace a new era here. We know the direction. We know the plan. It's retooled time. Front office has a clear path to try and uh, get this situation right in Toronto once again. All right, that will do it for the show uh, for the show today. If you guys enjoyed, make sure you do hit that like button. If you're tailing the play, make sure you hit that like button and consider subscribing for more content on the channel. All right, the play that we have for today, courtesy of Pips, is in the Grizzlies and Timberwolves game. We're taking Towns under 23.5 points and the Timberwolves alternate spread at minus 4.5. That's minus 110 odds at DraftKings, and hopefully this sets us back into the profit on the week. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Me and Pips will be back here, same time, same place tomorrow for more from Pick and Roll. 